Support for Need to Know comes from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovation in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security. Learn more at Carnegie.org. Welcome to the Need to Know podcast from the Wilson Center, a podcast for policymakers available to everyone. Always informative, nonpartisan, and relevant, we go beyond the headlines to understand the trend lines in foreign policy. Welcome back to another episode of Need to Know. I'm your host, John Molesky. Today, we're going to talk about a package of federal legislation, an omnibus multi-year law commonly referred to as the Farm Bill. Now, the current Farm Bill was enacted in 2018, and it expires this year. The original Farm Bill was enacted during the 1930s as part of the New Deal. It had three primary goals, keeping food prices fair and farmers for farmers and consumers, ensuring an adequate food supply, and protecting and sustaining the country's natural resources. It's gotten way more expansive over time. Weighing in at around 1,000 pages last time around, the bill intersects with topics such as healthcare, poverty, climate change, and school lunches. The National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition describes it this way. The Farm Bill connects the food on our plates, the farmers and ranchers who produce that food, and the natural resources, our soil, air, and water, that make growing food possible. That's pretty inclusive. With this episode of Need to Know, we begin a multi-year look at the various elements of this important but not widely understood legislation, and we begin with an overview. Our guest is the Deputy Director of Congressional Relations for the Wilson Center, Aaron Jarnigan. Aaron, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. So let's talk a bit about process, Aaron, if we could. I know from your time on the Hill, you're very familiar with the way things work up there or don't work sometimes, right, as the case might be. True. So the, the primary authorship here, we're looking at members of the Senate and House Committees on Agriculture, Nutrition and Forestry. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what do we know about the makeup of those committees and what that portends in terms of will this be a harmonious bipartisan process or will this be cantankerous and partisan? Yeah, so the nice thing about the agriculture committees is that they typically work pretty well together. Most of the members of these committees tend to have agricultural backgrounds themselves, or they come from districts that are heavily agricultural-based. Um, one of the things that they will have to be aware of is the split in party control, right? So Republicans are controlling the House right now, so they have a bigger share in the House of Representatives. And then on the Senate side, Democrats are in control. And of course, Democrats also control the White House. So whatever comes through the committees has to be something that is acceptable to both sides. So I think there will probably be some, you know, contentious debates, but I think at the end of the day, they'll be able to find a middle ground and find something that, that can appeal to, to both sides. The, the constituency for this bill is huge, and that alone could encourage some bipartisanship, I would suspect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, farmland across America uh, is represented by so many districts. So most districts in the country have some kind of equity involved in the farm bill. So without reauthorization, we're looking at sunset on some of these uh, various aspects of the bill. They would expire at the end of the year. Uh, but other programs have permanent authority. They don't need reauthorization like crop insurance. Uh, when you look at the farm bills and the evolution of the bills over time, how much do they change in these five-year increments? Is it fairly a continuity, a, a fair amount of continuity, I should say? Or could we expect some drastic changes, particularly maybe in the area of, say, climate change, which the Biden administration has made a priority. Yeah, I mean, 
sometimes it's incremental with with programs that are on a high priority but then when you find these programs like conservation that are a huge priority um, we can expect to see big changes this year's farm bill is kind of being discussed as a big vehicle for some conservation priorities from the administration and and the democratic side um, one of the things that that they really focus on is trying to make these uh, conservation programs um, not required, but instead just encouraged, right? Try to give a, a carrot rather than a stick to help people make the change. So we should see some of that. We'll also be interested to watch the foreign aid space. With the war in Ukraine, um, a lot of countries around the world are experiencing food shortages. Ukraine was a major exporter of fertilizer, and uh, without that fertilizer, a lot of places around the world aren't able to grow food as productively as they were in the past. One thing that's really interesting is that several members um, on the Senate and House Agriculture Committees are also on the Africa Subcommittee on House Foreign Affairs and Senate Foreign Relations. So it'd be really interesting if they merge those two committee assignments um, to kind of benefit foreign aid programs. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at the, the, the pie chart. So maybe you could see it. I printed out the color-coded pie chart from the 2018 legislation. And and you may have known this, but for me, as a layperson coming to this, it's pretty amazing that out of a $428 billion package of legislation, $325.8 billion, or 76% of that, falls into the nutrition category, mm -hmm. uh, largely the SNAP program. Mm -hmm. uh, is that surprising to lay people? I mean, what, what do they generally believe this money is being spent on? You know, I think there's there's a lot of confusion about what the money gets spent on, right? I think that when we talk about foreign aid programs or conservation programs or even trade in general, you know, people worry about the spending on those and view them as potentials for deficit reduction plans. But those programs are really 1% of the overall spending of a typical farm bill. And like you said, you know, SNAP and domestic food and nutrition security um, really makes up the broader... Uh, spending in the farm bill. Is it generally considered on the Hill that the bill is working, that all the things that need to occur as a result of it are humming along, hitting on all cylinders? I think that depends on where you sit, right? Um, I think that that some people are, are much more happy with it than others. Like I said, a lot of folks view the farm bill and, and even the SNAP program and domestic food security as as an area for deficit reduction. Um, some people talk about how, you know, it's working really well and it's really important to make sure that we keep those benefits strong. So those are some issues that, you know, it depends on where you sit. So, uh, Aaron, you know, I, I also printed out the list of all the titles that uh, occur in the Farm Bill, you know, and 12 of them. I think I've had the full list here from commodities, conservation, trade, nutrition, credit. What are some of the things that are worth mentioning, whether it's energy or or crop insurance that are, are really the meat and potatoes of this legislation that keep the wheels turning of America's food production industry. Yeah, so like you said, 12 titles, um, that's up from two titles when it was originally passed in the 1930s, so it's really expanded. But some of the you know meat and potatoes issues are like we talked about, um, SNAP is, is a really big one. Crop insurance is a really big one. Farmers need that security to know, you know, that they're they're not going to be broke if something happens to their crops. Um, 
Trade and export promotion is another major title that's super important. Our farmers are incredibly productive, so they're frequently looking to expand into foreign markets. Um, so it'll include things like the market access program, foreign market development cooperator program that'll help them expand. Um, also, like we talked about, international food assistance is a really important part of it. And then a huge section on conservation and climate change. Um, interestingly, there's also a section related to cryptocurrency because they, the Agricultural Committee's jurisdiction covers commodities and the CFTC, which also frequently regulates cryptocurrency. Uh-huh. Yeah, technology will be a part of just about every piece of legislation as we move forward, right? Absolutely. So, so um, you've already mentioned that the war in Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, will loom large over all these discussions because of both problems and opportunities that it creates. Uh, we haven't talked about China. How much of this bill is about competition with China? You know, it's really interesting. Um, the The Farm Bill is an opportunity to either choose cooperation or competition with China. Um, Agriculture is a really, really interesting space here because China's a net importer of food and we're a net exporter of food. Um, so we export quite a bit more food to China than we import from them. According to USTR, our agricultural imports from China were $3.8 billion in 2020, but our exports in 2022 were $36.4 billion. We send them soybeans, corn, beef, chicken, lots of other products. And we can also cooperate that with them on technology changes that lead to reduction in carbon emissions. So there's an opportunity here to either compete or cooperate based on you know what the proclivities are of the members at the time. Sure. A final thought, Aaron, is about the timeline for passage and for debate. Uh, what are we looking at? Well, they already started discussions on the Farm Bill in the last Congress. Um, the Senate Agriculture Committee had a series that they started last Congress, um, Farm Bill 2023. So discussions are in full swing. Um, in terms of timing moving forward, we'll have to see what the Senate and House schedules look like. The Senate has had a lot of members out um, for various reasons, and so that impacts when consideration can happen. Um, I expect that it'll take most of the year to get through it. It's a okay, big well, Yeah, uh, and we'll be tracking it and, and attempting to dissect the, some of the complexity of it. And thank you for getting us started with that today. Absolutely. Happy to, happy to help. Our guest has been Aaron Jarnigan, and uh, we really appreciate your input, Aaron. And we want to thank all of you who joined us for this edition of Need to Know and encourage you to visit WilsonCenter.org for information on this podcast and many more, including America's 360 and the podcast version of Wilson Center Now. Uh, that's all for this episode of Need to Know. Until next time, I want to again thank my guest Aaron Jarnigan and all of you who joined us. We appreciate your time and interest. See you next time.